All right. It's another one. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Navigating the Intentional Life podcast. I am Justin Copeland. I am your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. Glad to have you. And you tuned in for a good one because the man that I've got in the hot seat today is a, is a dude's dude through and through. Uh, somebody that I've come to uh, follow and respect. And that's just through the, the mediums of social media. And now I get the opportunity to sit down with him today, pick his brain, hear his thoughts, know his heart. He is a man of faith. He is a, a husband, a father. He is a warrior for fitness. And he's a soldier for the men's movement of bringing back quality men to families for this great country of ours. The man I'm talking about, Don Hickman. Don, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I tend to work in quiet. Uh, hopefully that'll change here in a short, but I'm just honored that you, you noticed what I'm doing and asked me to be a part of it, man. I think what you're doing is awesome. And uh, I want to support that any way I can. Well, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's one of those things where you start to get into this group, this, this, this tribe of guys that we've got the same heart. We're wanting to go in the same direction. And for me, when I started this about a year ago, <clears throat> I wasn't used to this community. It was like, Hey man, I see you're putting in the work. Come on, let me help you out. Right. Let me give you what you need so that your voice can be heard. And if we can do that, then maybe we pull a few more people from your camp into mine and vice versa. And we can all win. You know, that's kind of that common cliche thing that you'll see a lot in that echo chamber is we all win together, right? Maybe I'm winning a little bit more now, but down the pipe, you're going to be above. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to continue to push and, and, and follow you and get ahead of you. And that's just how we work together. And that's, that's one of the things I love about this community. That's one of the things that I love about the guys like yourself that I get to sit down and have the privilege to talk to because it only makes me better. It absolutely only makes me better. So... <clears throat> With that, you know, I, I love it. I, I, I've told my listeners before, you know, I asked the people that I have sit down, like, hey, can you send me, you know, just send me some points, some bullet points. It doesn't have to be anything elaborate. It's whatever you want to make of it. But give me some of the things that, you know, maybe took place in your life that really said, hey, man, I've got to make a change or I need to do, I need, I see something that I need to take part in. And dude, the email you sent me, like, I didn't want to stop reading it. It was probably the most detailed, you know, information that I got. And it got me really pumped up for this because, you know, on the podcast, I can sit and talk to you and get, get a feel for where you're at. But in that email to see the things you were doing that I didn't know about, you know, that I didn't know that you were even doing, I was like, hell yeah, this is, this is even better than, than what I could have imagined already. But one of the things, <clears throat> you know, Don, I want you to do is you know, for the people that might not know who you are, you know, tell them a little bit about that backstory, man. Like, you know, you're West Virginian, right? But by way yeah. of New York. So give yeah. us a little, little feedback there. Yeah. So born and raised in New York till I was about 20 years old. And my parents were um, retiring down to West Virginia, asked if I wanted to go. And I'm just working sort of a dead end job, loading trucks. I'm on a fork truck, loading pipe on a, on a truck. So I'm not going to college. I got a long term girlfriend, but nothing really going on there. And so I said, yes. I said, let's go. And I take my uh, long-term girlfriend. She moves down here with me. And um, that, that fell apart, I don't know, shortly after we got here. And she had moved back, right? Um, you know, it's a lot to ask somebody to just up and move like that, right? Yeah. But um, it was really then that I was able to, um, what I call, burn it all down and rebuild it from the ashes. Mm -hmm. You know, I was down here by myself. I had my parents. I started going to a community college down here. 
And I just had the opportunity when you, um, when you let it all go, when you burn it all down and you don't have any connections anymore to your friends, long-term, you know, girlfriend, whatever, you get to just envision the life that you want to build for yourself. And so that's what I did. I mean, I suppose the other alternative is like live in your parents' basement forever. Don't make any friends. Right. Well, that wasn't an option. You know, um, I've always kind of known that I was meant for a little bit more. And so failure wasn't an option. So um, started hitting the gym, working out. I decided that, you know, I got to go after a, a girl in the future. So I'm going to get, you know, physically presentable. Right. So um, and I started just doing like, like when I do anything, I, I go all in on it. So like I wasn't just dabbling in fitness, like I was running in like these West Virginia 90 plus degree humid heats, 10 miles. Like one time I was on a trail once I literally thought I was going to die out there. Like I had no water and I was just like, it's just cool stuff like that that makes you a hard man. You know what I mean? Just testing your limits. Right. And so I learned everything I could about fitness and nutrition, um, you know, just kind of self-taught and screwing around and um, uh, so I'm going to college doing random jobs that college kids would do and I just sort of in envisioning that life, I want to live for myself. I'm like, all right, where do I want to work? All right. So there's a federal agency um, down here. And I was like, man, it looks like people, looks like a lot of people make bank work and I'm going to work there. Right. And so I just went through, I don't even know what to do in college. I, I had no clue. So I was like, mm, I don't know many finance people that are broke. So let me go into finance. Right. I want to do accounting and finance. And so I got the degree that um, should have enabled me to get into the, the workplace there. I didn't know a uh, little bit of a boys club. It was still hard for me to get in. I wasn't from here. I didn't know anybody. Right. right. So I went on. Um, I wasn't wasn't going to take defeat. I went on to get my CPA license literally just to get my foot in the door. I had never used a lick of CPA knowledge in my life, but it got me in the door. Right. So got me a decent job working up the corporate ladder. Um, I'm fit. Everything's good. Met my wife and um, met her out at the college. And um, from there, we just sort of created the life that, that we wanted to live together. And what, what I want to make a point about living authentically. It was because I burned it all down and envisioned that life that I wanted to live for myself <clears throat> that, that I didn't get into a relationship with my wife. And we just like turn into a compromised pile of garbage. Yeah. Right. Cause I see that a lot. You see that a lot in peers and stuff. Like, you know, he was cool. She was cool or whatever. They get married and they just like, like nobody does anything for themselves anymore. They just sort of fall apart and whatever. So, you know, there's, I just, there's, there's a point to that. I mean, and, and I'm glad you went back to that because the whole burning it all down, that's, that's a great way to put, you know, there's not enough of us that get that opportunity to have to really live with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Taking that time to have to really face, you know, hear, you know, all the cliche lines of the man in the mirror and, and looking at yourself inwardly and all this stuff. But there is a truth to that that is so redeeming if you face it. But a lot of guys won't. A lot of people won't. Because what happens in that you have to, like you said, you got to decide, like, what am I going to be moving forward? You know, I mean, I, you know, you, you talk about I brought a girlfriend. It didn't work out. All of us have been there. I did the same thing when I moved to Houston. Didn't work out. Off she goes by myself again. And one of the best things that happened for me was that I, I had that time frame for a couple of years where it truly was just me by myself. I had to come home by myself. I woke up by myself. I went to movies by myself. I mean, bro, I was a loner. You know, I mean, I had friends. I had friends, but they had families. 
So some nights when I was able to, you know, as I was coaching, I was, I was a professional coach. So my hours were very different than a lot of people. So I had to, I had to find it within myself to be happy with myself and also figure out, well, what the hell is your next move, dude? And yeah. when you said that in the email, that was the one part too. Like I highlighted that shit because I was like, dude, burn it down. Absolutely. And, and you rise from the ashes. Cause I was thinking about it. I was like, this is where that line comes from. You know, you're forged from the fire. Mm-hmm. And in a way that was your, that was the start of it. Right. You sparked that shit yourself and said, all right, what are we going to do here, Don? Like, what, what the hell are you going to do with this? And instead of laying down and being complacent, you said, no, nah, this is, this is the path that I'm going to go. And so many people miss that, right? They live in that. They dwell in that and never wake up from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, just, and, and it's, it's tough because the, you know, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that like we're in sort of an entitled generation. Like we were the tipping point between like the hard work and sort of the entitled generation. And there were some of us that, that, that fell off and never did anything, you know, others, others of us made something out of it, but um, you know, it, it would have been easy to, to go the other way. And you just have to look, look in the mirror and say, no, no fail. You know, this is what I'm going to do. Well, and there's another element of that, like you said, and again, like for the people listening, I want them to catch this because it is an important point, especially the guys. <clears throat> you dove into fitness. And man, honestly, I was thinking about this earlier whenever I was, after I'd read your email a few times. I was like, you know, what, what is one of the biggest problems with guys today? And, and, and that is, you know, we, we confine ourselves to these nine to five jobs and these cubicles. And that's our, that's our big challenge in life. Is, is this job that I've got, how can I move up? How can I make more? And that's, that's our battle, right? That, that's what we put ourselves into. But realistically, that caveman DNA that we've got never goes the fuck away. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never fuck. It's always, like, right there underneath the surface, and a lot of guys ignore it, and they don't understand why they're miserable. Because, man, we're wild at heart, right? We are wild at heart. And there's a great book by John Eldridge called That Exact Same Thing. And he hits it on the head when he talks about that physical challenge, that that need for a bit of fear in your life where you go, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me and my buddies here, like we're fucking stupid. We may die today. And I got a family back home and I'm out here and like you on the trail. You go, I don't know if I'm going to make this shit, dude. I may have to crawl on my hands and knees to get back there. And so many guys are missing that. We don't feed that aspect of it. And and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not go down a damn rabbit hole with this, but I think, and I think you feel the same way, that lack of fueling that fire, that physicality, that need, it's part of why we're complacent. It's part of why we're flaccid. It's part of why women don't want a fucking thing to do with a lot of us. Because why? They want protectors, man. They why want dudes you? that are strong. Yeah. We yeah, move away from that. That's part of, uh, you know, I got the, the Comfort Kills shirt on there. It's, it's one that I made myself. And uh, it's, I believe we have to get out and challenge ourselves as men. You know, it's, it's sort of a platitude at this point. Everybody says it, but like, I actually do it. I actually do it. Like once a week, I'll get out there and I'll just do something ridiculous. You know, I'll post it on Twitter every now and then. I've, I've stopped of late posting it, but I'm still out here doing it. Um, right. You know, I'll go out there and just see how many pull-ups I do in an hour. I'll go out there. There's this one park we got that's got like 170 stairs. It's like just right up this West Virginia hill, 170 mm-hmm. stairs. And I was just like, man, let's see how much weight I can drag up this stairs. You know, like how many times can I drag 80 pounds up this stairs? You know, and I wear a weighted vest, you know, 20 pounds. So yeah, hundred pounds going up and down that thing. Um, you know, I just, just went out. Uh, I started, I started this in 
mid-January, I just thought it'd kind of be cool to throw out into the Twitterverse and be like, yo, do hard shit, right? And so I started calling them hard shit workouts. But yeah, in January, and this is actually coming off of a, a disc injury last year. So I don't know how smart it was, but I just go out there and I'd, I'd hike these West Virginia Hills and like, you know, 30 degrees, four inches of wet snow or whatever it is. And uh, man, you just, I just feel like you need to be doing that hard shit. You got to be challenging yourself. And it's, it's just such a, um, such a confidence builder, man. You know, you're out there by yourself and yeah, I'd love it if other people would join me. It's been slow um, getting people to join you know, maybe because I launched it in January and maybe now it's like 90 plus and humid. So people don't want to get uncomfortable, but um, it'd be cool if people would join me. I think a movement could start, you know, um, but we'll see what happens with it. I just feel like it's such a big confidence building. So every time I get done with one of these things, it's just like a little win that you can stack. You know what I mean? Like I'm that much more of a man. Maybe it doesn't mean that specifically, but man, that's, that's how I take it. You know, I'm that much more capable. I did this and X time, you know, I do a lot of uh, Murph workouts, or at least I did. I'm sort of getting back into them. And, you know, that's something uh, objective where you can measure it. You know, I did it in X time. I did it in X time. And you can just watch yourself improve you know, improve enough. And dude, you just become mentally unstoppable. For sure. Are you a, uh, you a CrossFit guy at all? I mean, you bring I'm up not a CrossFitter. No, I just, um, somebody challenged me one time to do the Murph and, um, you know, I looked at it and I thought it was cool. Um, you know, I, th I thought competing for time was cool. I, I generally don't do the, the CrossFit. I think there is a high propensity for, for injury there, but, um, sure. you know, more of a traditional weightlifter. I do some running too, but, uh, that, that workout, itself really struck with me just from the cardio and the you know the muscle usage aspect it was i thought it was really good i just sort of made it my benchmark dude uh, it's a it's a crazy workout i haven't done it in years uh one of the things i'm not a crossfit guy that i used to be right but you know i it's just i've never had a, a shoulder issues in my life until i started doing crossfit and you know nothing against i mean my i've got family members that do it i mean you know to each their own but it is that element of doing something that when you start it, you're not sure if you're going to finish it. Mm -hmm. Murph is hundred percent that, you know, you go through, you don't partition it and you hit that mile, you come in your hundred pull-ups, the 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile. Shit, son. I mean, I, the first time I ever did it, I was like, and I, and I didn't partition, you know, my hands were ripped. It was, it oh, was man. a challenge, but when I got done, there's something about it, bro, that you just, you feel a certain thing that it doesn't go away, you know, as long as you're continuing, it's just like another feather in the cap, you know, something like that. And, and, and to that point with this movement, this is what I love about, about finding this out about you, man, like reading the email, finding out these things that you're doing, you know, a lot of these guys, man, they're, you know, probably myself included, we're posting on social media, we're trying to get people to sign up and join in and, you know, it's all online. And to see these guys, you know, there's another guy, I don't know if you know who he is, but his name's Redmond Lowe. He's he's kind yeah, of he's trying to do the same thing out there in South South Africa, getting guys out in the morning in the park, is go out and do some hard shit, run some hills, carry some sandbags, you know, trying to push this movement of, you know, the dad bod thing, you know, to me it's a mentality. The worst part about the dad bod is that it's a mentality, you know, it's an acceptance of mediocrity. And you said something earlier about, you know, this entitlement age. I go a step further because, like I said, I used to coach and that was my life. That was my living. And working with youth, it got to this, this stage so many years ago where they were like, oh, it's a no score league now. 
everybody's going to get a trophy at the end of what the What does year. that even mean? No score. Like, I don't even know what that they means. Didn't, at, at a certain age, they didn't keep score. When the kids were young, they were like, we're not keeping score. We don't want to have, you know, winners and losers. Everybody's – I just be like, what's the point? What are we doing well, here? Well, that's the thing. Like, they, they go, our kids are too soft, apparently, mentally, to be able to handle winning and losing. It's like, what are we doing here? Because you know what every single one of those kids would ask? Like, throughout the game, what's the score? What's the score, coach? What's, and, of course, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time in that. I, I was like, man, I, I don't fuck with these leagues. Like, I'm yeah. going to coach, I'm gonna coach yeah. athletes. But, you know, it, it's just a mentality of, hey, you can put in the work or you can not put in the work, but the outcome is going to be the same. The fuck is that? Uh, no. You know what I mean? And th- this is 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this kind of started. And I had parents, you know, when I would do, I would do uh, banquets for my kids at the end of the year for my, I, I ran campuses. They would get upset if I picked an MVP. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I can't imagine. And they, I mean, I had parents that didn't come because I was doing that for every team, for every team, whether it was 10 teams or whether it was 20 teams. And that was they, 15 years ago, man. It's only gotten worse. Now what you're seeing is, is the product of that. Right. Some of these kids are getting into adulthood. You know, some of these young men that, you know, of course, as they grow older, like they, they obviously start to compete and there's winning and losing. But what are you teaching in that? Life is about loss. Yeah. Life is about overcoming loss. Like you're setting everyone up for failure with that kind of an idea. Like it just it, it blew my mind. I was like, I can't be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, back to point like that challenge that that physical and mental that's because what it becomes is is all three right it's a physical mental and spiritual challenge and the beauty of that is that bleeds into every aspect of your life right you know you you brought up your wife right you met her in college she had to have seen right and she's had to have seen and pays attention to the fact that you are a dude that is going to dance with that fire and continue to push yourself talk a little bit about kind of how that change in you sparked a difference in how what eventually became your wife saw you and how that relationship works out. So, and I want to talk about my wife too, for a second, but um, it's really, and, and we touched on it before that, that individuality of, of you crafting your own personality and unwilling to, to do the compromising and the bending, like, dude, I knew I knew when I met my wife that if we, you know, girlfriend at the time, whatever, like if we ever get married, I knew if we ever get married, fitness is a priority. That is not, that's just, there's, there's, that's a no compromise zone. You know, um, I got other hobbies too. I shoot a lot of pool, throw some cornhole, stuff like that. And it's just like, like, these are non-negotiables. I'm not losing me <clears throat> when I go to that. And, and you know what? I mean, I never really thought about it until now, but man, I was damn proud of who I was becoming. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a piece of it. You know, I, I, I was fit as all get out and, you know, working a job and all that. And like, I was like, man, this is, this is, this is good. I don't want to lose this. Right. And like, and at the time, at the time I, I was young, so I had no idea of, you know, all these people that get married and turn to mush and compromise. I had no idea. I just saw in my mind, like, I'm just, I know what I'm not giving up. Like, I know what I'm not giving up. And so these were things that like, dude, call it crazy. But these were things that I actually communicated at the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> like I'm a little, <laughs> I, I lack empathy sometimes, right? Dude, so, I gotta tell you, the first time I ever heard you speak was on a Twitter space 
and we had we had kind of I think maybe messaged or liked each other's stuff a few times, but shit, I don't remember what it was, but you said something like, We're we're gonna work out. Like my wife is gonna work <laughs> out. And that's a non-negotiable. I was sitting there going, shit. Like so many guys don't have the fucking sack to say something like that. But in the right context of what you're saying, like this is a cornerstone, right? This is this is a foundation to the relationship. She had to have known, like you said. At the start of your relationship, this is where you stood. Yeah, um, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. My wife would probably watch this, but uh, I'm going to say it in, in, in the name of being authentic. I told her before we even got married, I was like, yo, you get fat. That's the only reason we'd ever get divorced. <laughs> I'm going to say it. It's on record. Well, dude. Most guys are like, if you cheat on me, it's done. You know, like any of that. And you're like, no, if you get if you get out of shape and unhealthy, we're out. Like that's it's it's good. Dude, I said it, man. I said it from the very beginning. I mean, I set those expectations. Like, like that's that's wild. I, I can't believe I just revealed that. She's gonna kill me. But uh, it I is- mean, look, let's let's reframe it. Let's reframe it a bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you out of the shit house real quick. What I hear is you say, no, look, there's a standard of health that I want to live by. That, and this is what you've fallen in love with. This is yeah. what you were attracted to to begin with. If I were to lose it. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of repercussions in that, in the sense of you go, I, I, I liked you for your mentality. I liked you for your drive. I liked you for your body. Cause that's an aspect of it. Yeah. I'm not saying that I like you for your body. I don't, don't get excited. But what I'm saying is, you know, that's something that she, she knew that was the thing that she had at the start. So if that changes, how is she going to feel about if you become soft and flabby and you got man titties yeah. that you're having to push into one of her bras She's not going to like it, right? She's going to get bored. She's going to lose that part of herself with you that, that brought you together in the first place. So I think setting that expectation at the start, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It holds me accountable. Holds, you know, just like you said, it holds me accountable as well. Yeah. I mean, it go, I think, I think again, it goes both ways. And I like the, I like, you know, I like the idea of it being this transparent thing. Some people are going to sit back and go, Whoa, he didn't just say that. No, I did. It's like, well, use your fucking head. Like, think about what is being said here and then apply it to the big picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's important. I think it's important. And I was going to say, like, I think that's what a lot of relationships miss. It's why so many women, you know, when you break it down, if you look at why a woman leaves or a woman cheats, why is it? There's an emotional deficiency that she doesn't have. That stems from so many different things. A guy cheats, we could say it's the same thing. There's an emotional deficiency happening somewhere, but it's typically tagged to, oh, well, he saw a hot chick, wanted to grab that ass and cheated. It's not typically the case. There's an emotional something missing there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when you set those boundaries early, when you set those standards early and say, hey, we're going to do this because this is what brought us together in the first place. I think that's healthy. That's just me. I mean, you say that's what brought us together in the first place. You're going through college. You're in your 20s, teens, whatever it is. You're looking for a, you know, a mate. What are you looking at? You know, you're not looking like, hey, you know, that ugly chick looks like she'd be nice. No, you're just looking for an attractive human being. I mean, it's just human nature. You you need to stay physically attracted to one another. I, I can't like it's mind numbing to think that people are missing this these days, you know, dad bods and moms. Letting them, it's, it's, in, it's insane to me that people miss this part. Like, yo, you want to keep your, your uh, marriage hot and interesting and all that. They'll just be attracted to one another. Right. I, I don't think it's hard. 
No, and I mean, I think if you if you break it down, I mean, I'm not going to try to speak for women by any stretch of the imagination, not even going to try. But what I do know is that <clears throat> women want a man that they know is driven, yeah. has discipline. They want a man that can say no, right? How many of these plebes out here are like, that's my queen and I'm going to say yes to everything. She's going to have everything that she wants. If she, if she asks for it, boom, I've got it. Oh, it couldn't be me. Couldn't that's be bullshit. That's not a healthy relationship. Right. There's got to be boundaries set. Right. Like you've got to be able to tell her no when it makes sense, because who leads the home? Right. She doesn't want to be a mother to you. Right. Right. So when, when you look at it and you break it down, they go, I want a guy that is fired up for his life. That's your responsibility, dude. Right. Like that is our responsibility as the leader of the home. You're fired up. You're doing what you believe is your foundation, your pillars to what makes you a man and that standard. And then you show the rest of them in your home how you do it. Right. And what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it fucking smells like. That's what we're supposed to do. And so many guys don't. They take that job. They go, oh, now we've got it. And they go in reverse, right? They go in reverse and go, now, now I don't have to go to the gym. Now I can sit back and just drink beer when I get home. And look, I've, I've made the money. We've got the house. We've got the cars. We can take trips every now and again. And I'm done. Yeah, and so there's, there's so many tangents to go off of that. Uh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I'll go, I'll go into it this way. I do want to, I do want to give my wife a lot of credit here for something. We'll build her back up. Right. But, um, and, and I don't know if this is something that the, the, the Twitter space with all, you know, all of our fellow Twitter people, I don't know if we talk about it enough, maybe I miss it or something, but like building up the women, building up your daughters is just so, so important. My wife has made me more of a man than I might've ever turned out to be. Okay. And I'll tell you what, you know, she had a, she had a great father. He was a man's man. He built stuff. He worked out, worked a factory job, you know? And, um, I remember <clears throat> young and it was very clear that my wife expected me to fix shit. You know, she expected me to be able to do things. She expect, you know, a tire blows. She's not expecting me to call the repair person. She's expecting me to fix that, you know? And it ain't like she laid it out as clear as I did. Don't sure. get me wrong. But there were signs. You know what I mean? It's there. It's there were there. signs. Um, and so um, that, so coupled with doing hardship, I put like, you know, daily tasks, fixing shit, you know, doing stuff, building stuff. I put that in the hardship bucket. You know, just, just here uh, uh, about uh, two weeks ago, my garage doors, both my garage doors in the span of one week snapped. Uh, one, a torsion spring broke on one and a panel broke on another. The carrier like snapped it, right? And I had like literally everybody telling me, you got you to gotta call a repairman for that. That's dangerous. And I'm just like, I truly don't believe there's anything I can't do. I literally can't do anything. I'll tell you that. Me and YouTube, dude, don't even get in our way, right? So I just start YouTubing it and everything and do a lot of research. Yeah, it is a dangerous thing, but you do a lot of research, you figure it out and, you know, you can take care of that stuff. Uh, right now I'm building a chicken coop just from the ground up. My kids are going to watch me do that. That's cool. Like like doing hard shit doesn't stop with the the physicality, you know, just, just the workouts and stuff. You always got to be pushing yourself and, and doing stuff. So I did want to give my, my wife credit you know, her dad raised her right. Her expectations really drove me, helped drive me to become the man that, that I've become. And so I just want to make that message that like, you know, it's not just the boys. It's not just raising your boys. That's important. The daughters, if you can show them as a father, 
what what a man looks like that's what they're going to go after you know that's what they're going to seek and I mean I, I literally could not have seen it more front row than what happened there and so you know I've got a son who's seven I got a daughter who's five and I am so grateful to be able to see both sides of that fence you know what I mean I get to raise a little uh warrior into this world and then I get to raise a little uh, a daughter a princess there who's going to know exactly what to look for in a man because she's going to have dad show her what she should be looking for absolutely and and the beautiful thing about what you're saying is you know when it comes to our relationships with our spouses you know, it's, it's so much of a give and take. And, and, you know, there are times where, you know, I'm sure she's, your wife has had to be there for you in, in times of doubt, you know, supports that when you start to start to move into something different and you go, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. They go, yeah, let's go. Right. They're the first you're they're your first cheerleader. And then in turn, what I don't see a lot on the Twitter space is in turn, man, like you should be doing the same for her. Like at no point do I want to have to raise an adult woman that's acting like a child. Yeah. You know, like at no point do I want the, the same, right? Like what we were just talking about becoming that dad bod. Well, I don't want the wino mom as far as that mentality of, you know, I'm just going to kind of let things be. And now that we're married, it can just be comfortable. It's like, no, no, let's keep living. Right. Yeah. And again, yeah. like, I mean, everybody has their thing, right? You've got to adjust where you need to adjust and you've got to make compromises where you need to make compromises. But overall, that path should be something like, hey, let's continue to burn it. Absolutely. To blaze it. And as a man, I mean, I, I do believe we're supposed to lead from the front. So if you're doing that, that should encourage her if she's not already to go, yeah, yeah, I still got this fire. I don't care if we have kids or not. Like, let's go. Let's do this together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that makes it beautiful. And I know what you're saying. I get where you're coming from on it, right? Like there's, there's definitely some expectations, but those expectations can be there because of the standards set, right? You know what I'm saying? And without those, those standards being directly spoken to and lived, then those expectations can't, can't be anything, right? Yeah. Communication. Um, I've always been a fan of like over communicating, being overly transparent, clearly, right? My wife and I talk about our mission. You know, when, when we had kids, we talked about how intentional we were going to be to give them every advantage in life. You know, um, she had, uh, she, when we had our second uh, kid, she had quit working and she gave up a, a pretty reasonable salary, to be honest with you. And we just, we had a talk and we're like, it's not even a question. Like it's a hard decision, but it's really not even a question. You're going to stay home with the kids. But, but that communication and, and you had mentioned like, you know, setting expectations, it's so key. It's so key. I mean, if there's any young men watching this, man, just set the expectations, talk, don't expect people to mind read. You know, right. we, we talk daily about what we're doing with our kids, what's working, what's not, where we want them to go. I mean, literally every night, every night we talk about how we did. Um, and, and just those, those communications, I just want to reiterate how important it is to talk, let people know where you're at, let, let them know, you know, the same way, uh, the same way I ask my kids, how I'm doing as a dad you know, talk, communicate. Yeah, no. And that's, that's such a huge part. I mean, you hear people say it all the time as far as that communication and we can talk all day long and get nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you're, if you're not being transparent and you're not being direct, but on the guy side of things, I mean, we're raised to go, no, look, you you stuff it down, you know, talk about it, crying is weakness. You figure it out and you move forward. 
man, like I get that to a point. And a lot of guys will spit out this, oh, I'm stoic, I'm this and that. And they have no fucking clue what they're talking about, right? Stoicism is about virtue, not about how poker faced you can be. Right, right. That's how they take it. It's that poker face mentality and idea, but they miss the virtue, which is the biggest aspect of stoicism. And so what happens is you, this is why guys are, you know, have the highest percentage of alcoholics, have, have the highest percentage of suicide rates. They're miserable because we're not able to emote in a way that's healthy, right? In a way that allows say like, look, it doesn't mean it's weakness. I'm not whining to my wife. I'm not whining to my girlfriend. I'm not just complaining all the time. But when things are like, hey, I'm not really fucking sure what to do here. What do you think? You know, like I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not. This is, this is big. So what do you think? There's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's that communication of going, give me your ideas. Maybe I take it. Maybe I don't. And we'll figure it out. But I think that's an important aspect to that, you know, to to a man and a woman's relationship. Right. The other aspect of it that you hit on that I think is brilliant is the talk about kids. Right. The expectations as far as parenting with kids. I can tell you in my first marriage, that conversation didn't happen correctly. And it was a massive fucking problem, massive fucking problem. Since then, obviously that, that marriage has ended. And, you know, I look at that and I go, well, how are we going to raise our kids? And you kind of touched on it in, in the email that you sent me, you kind of touched on it now is like, Hey, are we on the same page? Yeah. How did we, how did we do today? And even that, what I hear is, Hey, did I step up enough? Did I set the example enough? What do you think? looking in the mirror as like you said asking kids how did i do it's fucking huge i think my kids like i don't know that i've i mean i'll admit it right here right now i don't know that i've ever asked them that question and i heard you talk about it months and months ago i thought i need to ask them i'm not afraid of the answer i just haven't thought to ask them that's your reminder on your phone man i use reminders all the time man i use them for my wife use them for my kids man like like that's how we build habits right? right you just set it in there uh you know set it to go off once a week and ask the question yeah. And I think it's brilliant because it's so simple. And a lot of the things when it comes to parenting, when it comes to life in general, it is that simplistic to go, Hey, just this little thing could go a long way. And, and that is something that I really wanted to, it's a perfect segue, right? Intentional. You talk yeah, about, I was, going there, I was going there myself. Uh, you talk about your kids and, you know, one of the things that, that you're, you're big on as part of that mission is present, present dads. Oh yeah. Right. Talk to me about that importance to you. Yeah. Um, you can see it. You can see it when you buy them toys. I mean, you, you can see that, um, you know, everything gets boring after a while they, they just need, you know, I, you know, my kid just had a birthday and he got video games and Nerf guns and all of these things and he's still, you know, bored. Right. So right. just the other day, and I put a tweet out about it. I, we just took a bike ride down there. We got like a little culvert tunnel thing with a little running water under there from a new highway that was built we just went down there started throwing rocks in the water with my son and my daughter and <laughs> dude that beats any toy you could give them oh. it beats any toy you can give them just be present and then too oh i just put a tweet about this one too like so i told you i was building that chicken coop right mm-hmm. i go to lowe's i get the lumber i'm, I'm amped up because like the part i hate is going to lowe's actually i really hate going to lowe's but i get back i got all the materials i'm amped to just build it i got this vision in my head i got to see it come to reality right right i'm late to start and my son says dad can we play transformers i'm like absolutely yeah. right? absolutely i'm sitting in my head like man i'm gonna build that chicken coop 
but no, absolutely. We can play us some transformers, right? I can take 30 minutes and play some transformers and what have you like. So that's me. I'm the dad that drops everything to play with the kids, like to a fault, right? To a fault. I'm, I'm telling you, wife, wife will get mad sometimes. Right. But like, I will not say no to my kids unless there is a genuine reason, you know, that, that I can't do something when they, when they ask me to play, I make every darn effort to say yes. You know, it just, it doesn't make sense to me to say no. I mean, how many times as men have we seen the, like the, I don't know, like the, the, the meme about, you know, might be the last time you play with them or whatever, like ain't going to be me. Ain't going to be, me. I am never going to sit on my deathbed and be like, I wish my kids more i'm probably sitting there and be like man i play with my kids way too damn much <laughs> yeah that's me i will, I I will never say no. <laughs> I, I, yeah these chickens need a place to to, to live man still all yeah. over the place no but that's yeah. that's so powerful man because like it challenges me i mean i you know i'm doing the single dad life and it's too easy to make those excuses you know you get you get stressed and you know life is what it is and you know, working on multiple businesses and working my regular job and <clears throat> you start to pack these things up and there's plenty of excuses. There's plenty of reason for me to say no right now. And I can tell you right now, there's nothing I regret more in those moments when I knew I should have said yes, because eventually you don't get that time back. You know, eventually it will be the last time that you carry him to bed. You know, it will be the last time that they, they take a nap on your shoulder, Right. And I mean, my boys are old enough now that about a month ago, my youngest son came in and we, you know, pretty good about making sure each night, you know, we hug at night, love you. That's not a, that's not a, that's not something that we say to each other constantly. We've got little hand signals, right. That I came up with because I'm old enough that I had a pager back in the day. And one of the, the numerical phrases on that pager was one, four, three. Yep. I love you. And so every day at school with my youngest, you know, it's one, four, three, and then he'll come back to me one, four, three, two, you know, like, and that's our thing. But he came in and I'm sitting there and I thought he'd already gone to, to sleep. He walked up, hugged me, gave me a kiss on the cheek. And I, I remember it, it stands out because I, I sat there for a minute. I was like, holy shit, when's the last time that he did that? Cause like, I'll do it. But, you know, he's getting to that age now, you know, he's got an older brother. So he, he's grown up a little bit faster than, than his older brother did. But it's like, when did that, when did that happen last? Fuck. Yeah. He's that all the time. And now he's, you know, it's, it's too cool or he feels weird. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it stood out. And, I, and that hit me. I was like, damn, man, like you do get to a point where you kind of start counting those last times. And a lot of guys miss that. And, you know, you've got one of the things I loved, um, reading that I didn't know that you do. And I said that, that Friday night fun night, you're going to get me in trouble, man. Cause I've got friends. I've got a, you know, I've got a girlfriend as well that she'd be like, Oh, free Friday night. Yeah. Stop on that. That's all. Yes. You know, yes. so, um, I, uh, I believe in playing. I played hard as a kid, dude. I was always, you know, we, we were from the air. We had all that freedom, right? You ride your bike and don't come back to the streetlights are on. I'm out there jumping in cricks, jumping on trains, played a lot of paintball, you know, then I did a lot of unsafe stuff. I probably shouldn't be alive, but like, I always said, like, this is, this is kind of funny. Like, uh, you know, in the, in the stepbrothers movie, they talk about like wanting to be a T-Rex and forgetting how, like, I will, I will confess. I, I don't tell the, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this. When I was a kid, I vowed 
that when I was an adult, I was going to play hard. Like I love playing so much as a kid, you know, scraping money together to buy paintballs and go shoot people. Like I was like, man, when I make money, I'm going to do this again. Right. And um, so, so I play hard. I play hard on the playgrounds with the kids. You know, I'm, I'm always the lava monster chasing kids around. You know, I'm, I'm the only fit adult out there running around chasing kids. And dude, there's just some dynamic about it where kids love playing with an adult, dude. Like even when I used to play paintball, my, my greatest memories were like when my uncle would play. You know, like for some reason, it's just, it's just different. It just hits different. Somebody's giving you their time when they could be doing adult things or whatever. It just hits different. Kids love playing with adults. So, um, but anyway, um, I found that I had sort of a, uh, a, my kids get bored sometimes. And I feel like, man, don't they just have friends that could come over? Like, when does that, what age does that start? Cause I don't, I don't know anymore. Like what age, what did they start having friends over and playing and stuff? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe we can do something. Maybe I can get some people together on like a Friday night, like every Friday night. Cause I'm just weird like that. I value consistency, like big time. Like I got to know that it's every Friday night. So every Friday night I get dads together and I get kids together. They come out to my house and we just play, we play whatever the hell they want to play. Right. This is not guided. I mean, don't get me wrong. I may throw some dodgeballs out there and I may strategically place some Nerf guns. Right. But it's really whatever they want to do. And I mean, there's nights we go from this to that, to that, to that, to that. And there's other nights we'll just build forts with boxes all night or whatever. Right. But so, um, yeah, I, I just I get dads and kids together. Um, I know how much my kid likes playing with me. And I'm like, man, what if we get all the dads together and we just interact? Because like it is it does seem to be very easy in today's day and age to to be an absent father and you know provide the paycheck and just let mom sort of raise the kids like i want more than that i want i want to be able to show kids that adults can have fun adults can be fit adults can run adults can play all of these things so on friday nights oh my gosh dude i mean i put miles on i mean these kids run me into the ground you know there's times i got you know six kids on my back and whatever like that stuff's so cool and we we do the nerf fights we do dodgeball um i mean hide and seek tag whatever whatever's good and and to me like i think it's a good break from like the sports too and i love sports as much as any guy i'm not there's nothing wrong with sports but like kids they they got to be little too. They got to get a little creative. You know, they got to get hit with a dodgeball. They got to play the nerf fights. I mean, dude, look, there is no age that's too soon to start teaching them tactical drills with nerf guns. There's no age. They, they, you can never yeah. be too early with that, dude. dude it's, it's, uh, I think, I think this is, is probably been one of the, my more favorite things that have come out of a podcast. And that's, you know, talking about this Friday night fun night, because, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I can't think of anywhere else that I've heard of, of somebody doing something like that. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's other people. I mean, I hope, I hope there's other guys out there doing the same exact thing, you know, well, it's almost for free. The there's almost no excuse to not do it. I mean, right. And that's, and that it's so, again, I go back to that simplistic thing, but it's not simplistic in a way of going, you've got to recognize the moment that these, these, these things, these nights that you're providing, these are memories. Like you said, like you remember your uncle playing, you know, paintball. These are memories they're going to take. All of these kids are going yeah. to take, even if they, even if they become an adult and they forget your name, I bet they won't, but you know, they're going to be like, man, you remember how cool that shit was? Yeah. You remember how awesome that was? Like, you remember that night, man? And they, and they start to reminisce about it and you're setting a tone and a standard where they, you, you, you you're going to be that guy that they look back on and they, they may even reach out to you in, in later years ago, you know, like my dad wasn't, 
My dad wasn't like that. And it really meant a lot to me that you throw me over your shoulder and, and, and hit me with a dodgeball and like all this <laughs> stuff, man, like that's, that's a huge thing. And I don't see a lot of that being put out there. I mean, I saw, I was thinking about it earlier. I was out uh, walking the dog and I was like, I need to do that. Like fucking shit. Like I've got friends here. We all get busy. And as a single guy, you know, I, I kind of, I don't want to say get excluded, but you know, I'm, I'm the single guy. Right. So, you know, it's like, that'd be a great way to bring us all together, bring the dads together, bring the kids together, guys and girls, like just do it up. Yeah. So, so I'll say it's like win, 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 because the kids are getting together. They're getting socialization with other kids in a non-sports manner. Again, nothing wrong with sports, but you know, hitting each other with Nerf guns and hide and seek. Like it's way different. It's way different than like structured, you know, sports and play and all that stuff. You just do whatever. Right. So the kids are winning, right. The dads are winning because I get my socialization. I'm hundred percent remote work. Right. So I get some socialization and, you know, they, they usually start the kids come over me and dads will socialize for maybe 30 minutes, catch up. And then somebody squirts me with a water gun and it's all over. Right. Something, something like that. But then, you know, the dads win, the kids win, then the wives, right. They get a night at home by themselves. They get a Friday night off. Right. So I run it from like six until shoot. They don't end till like 10 now in the summer, but like, you know, that's the wife, wife gets wife wins too. She's at home doing nothing, hanging out. I mean, dude, that, that time, that alone time is so important. It's so healthy to have, you know, with that marriage and, and it's, it's important too. And, and, and I, I don't do this as much as I should, as much as I, you know, I might be this awesome father, or what have you. I, I don't get out of the house enough with the kids to give mom a break mom needs a darn break, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's win, win, win all over the place. Um, and then I wanted to hit two, like, I think it's important, like you're playing tag with these kids. It's important to be fit. And it's important that they know that you're fast as hell, right? Because they're going to grow. They're going to see you be like fast or I'll bang out pull-ups, dude. You know, I, I, I've, uh, I go to parks and bang out pull-ups. And as soon as I leave, I see kids trying to bang out pull-ups, dude. But when you, when you show these kids, I don't even have, you know, I don't even have to tell them, look at me, I'm doing a pull-up. They just see it and they aspire. They just automatically like aspire to, to do that. And they want to be fast. They want to be strong. All these things. I'll tell you one night, one night I just left a, um, I didn't get a workout in yet. And so I brought my hex bar outside i was getting some deadlifts in before while everybody was was showing up right and then throughout the night I'd, I'd go and get a set or two in just just randomly whatever and by the end of the night dude i got i got a five-year-old girl trying to see what she can max deadlift you should never seen a deadlift before right but she's seen me at some point of the night over there <laughs> doing deadlifts and by the end of that, it was like 10 o'clock. Nobody wanted to leave. And they're just, she just starts picking it up and, hey, let's put more on. Let's put more on. And, you know, more kids are doing it and stuff. Like, it's just, dude, I'm just honored to be, to be able to be an example. Like, it's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done, you know. And it's just simple. It's free. You don't even, you know, I got some dodgeballs. I got these $7 Nerf guns, you know. I, I bought some water guns. You know, it's not a lot. I don't have more than $500, like, all the stuff I have. Again, it, it got, we, you know, we're going back to that simplistic theme of, of it, it doesn't have to be extravagant, right? It doesn't have to be the, the snow trip, you know, the ski trips to Vail doesn't have to be taking them overseas. You know I mean? Like those things are great. Don't get me wrong. But again, you go back to like, I can't tell you what I got for my 10th birthday, but I can tell you about the time that my dad made fart noises at my eighth birthday. Don't remember what I got in presents that way, but my dad's over here in front of my friends doing 
fart sounds with his armpit, and I fucking loved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember yeah. that, but I don't remember the gifts. You know what I mean? No. And, yeah. and I think I think there's a lot of that that is lost on on parents, and you know, a lot of the guys you say again in the echo chamber of presence, not presence. Um, and that's, but it's true. It's so true. It's 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 massively true. And the other side of that, you know, with you know these memories that, that you you talked about as far as remembering your uncle playing like one, it's an adult doing kid things. Right. And you see them as an adult. And, you know, when you're a kid, you see a 35 year old man, you think he's 75. You, yeah. you, might, you might, he's just decrepit one foot in the grave. You might as well be 75. Right. And, but, but a lot of these dudes, man, to tie this back into the dad bod mentality, a lot of these dudes fucking are and don't even know it. Yep. That's right. You're like, look, I'm not as, I'm not as fit as you are, but I'm busting my ass. And I'm going to, you know, get to the space where I want to be, but I can run with my kids. You got to run with your kids, man. That's the bare minimum. They're not, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to fucking outrun me. Right. And I'm always going to be that measure and that standard. I don't care. I don't care how old I get. Yeah. I'll, I'll die of a heart attack in the, Dude, I'm the same race, way I'm in the, the sprint way. race before I, before I can't do it because I'm so like, like man, but I'm even all, then they're going to see the heart you're putting into right. it. Right. And they go, shit, dad was a bad motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like he just wouldn't say no to this. He's too damn competitive and his heart exploded. But you know, like I see these guys walking around and I try not to, I'm not gonna say, I don't, I'm not gonna say, I don't try to judge. I fucking judge all the time. Oh, absolutely dude. But, <laughs> but I see these guys and I'm thinking how, how the fuck do you have a girlfriend? You know, you got your little fishing shirt on with the flap on the back and your, your gut's still sticking through that. And, you know, you, you don't look like you gave a shit. You got dressed with the lights off kind yeah. of thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? How do you, how do you, and you've got kids, you've got sons, you're, you're taking them to their sporting events, telling them to work harder, pushing them. And I'm like, bro, if, if you can't button your pants without pressure, right? You got a fucking issue. You don't need to be sitting there telling your kid to work harder when you yourself are going to fucking have a coronary just trying to walk up the fucking stairs. Yeah. I mean, I like, it's just, I, 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 it, that, that's a big deal to me. You know, I, I think it's, it's, it's important to show our kids by example, not by wealth. Absolutely, Absolutely man. Yeah. You know, that's, that's huge to me, but <clears throat> you know, again, I mean, it's something that, it just, it's, it's so simple, and, but it's so huge. You know, this, this being able to give that time to our kids. And one of the things I wanted to touch on kind of segue into this, because, you know, it is an important aspect, but you said, you know, you're giving that time to your wife, right? And there are guys out there that are young, they're married, maybe they've got their firstborn and, and, you know, shit's crazy for the first year because it's hard to get a babysitter. Maybe she's breastfeeding. It's just, it's chaotic. It's your firstborn. Tell me your thoughts on, on how important it also is that you and your spouse get that you time. Oh, dude, the you time right now, I'm not even going to lie about it. Right now, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to get you. We have to be extremely intentional about that. And one of the reason is because we're so intentional about our kids, like we pour everything into our kids, maybe too much. I don't know. But we talk we talk regularly about having to get that that you time. Um, and, and we're not like, I'm not going to lie. It's challenging. We're, we're struggling to carve it out right now. We're doing OK. We both want to be doing better, but I'm going to take it back. This is where the, the family Friday nights are going. This is where building a community of men is going. I want to be able to take any one of these men 
and say, dude, I need date night with the wife. I want you to watch my kids. Like, I don't want to be going to like just women babysitting or whatever it is. I want to be able to, you know, pass my kids off to a man who I know is capable. And, you know, my kids are familiar with because they've been at the house playing. Right. So that's sort of where all this is going. Um, Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, it's so huge. The idea that when when as a man, you've got a problem, it's up to you to build the solution. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I've, I've noticed what my wife and I have both talked because we communicate and we said, man, we need more you time. So this is sort of my way of building a community because, because I don't have a lot of, you know, I'm not from here. I don't have a lot of close and, and where I am, dude, it's a lot of like the same high school circles. It's hard to get in. It's hard to get in here. Even as an adult, it's hard to get in, especially when you get into like the sports and everybody's growing up with each other and all that stuff, dude, it's hard to get in. So I'm trying to build my own network where, where I can say, look, wife and I need date night. You take the kids, whatever. And, and Hey, by the way, and how am I going to build that? I'm going to offer it first. I'm going to say, look, if you and the wife ever need a date, you know, I'll, I'll watch your kids because I've realized in the last couple of years that, you know, if you want value, it's up to you to provide value first. So I'm going to come in, you know, build this community of men and, and then uh, offer it up. Hey, you know, uh, I watch your kids or whatever and hope that that gets reciprocated. And then there's, there's like a fourth win. I said the family fun nights were win, win, win. There's a fourth win that we can add on to that. You know, now we got a network of people we can trust to watch our kids. About to solve your problem right now. Shoot it. So <clears throat> you've got four Fridays in a month typically, right? So you've got, say you pick three other families that you know the dude's solid, yeah, solid, whatever it is. But the dude's solid, you say, all right, guys, we're going to go on a rotation. There you go. It's Friday of the month. That could work. That could work. You drop, you drop your kids off. You and your wife go do the thing. That Come back work. whenever. Next Friday night, it's this one. You guys go. So at least one night, one Friday night out of the month, you and your wife. Are Dude, that's solid. That is solid. And, and you'd say, hey, look, is like we're going to continue to host it at my house. We're still good with that. It's just we're going to rotate. Yeah. So that every Friday night now, you're not only giving that time for dads to play with their kids, but now you're putting a little of the onus of that responsibility back on them where you go, hey, this Friday night, you're going to be the one leading. You're going to be the one in charge. You're going to be the one that needs to be getting smacked with the water balloon while we go out and keep our relationship spicy. Hey, why why isn't everyone doing this? Why isn't everyone doing this? I'm not going to lie. I'm about to, I'm about to send some fucking messages. I'm about <laughs> to send some goddamn messages. We're going to get this, this running. And uh, I mean, that just came to me. I said, I'm like, dude, you got to get it in a fucking calendar spreadsheet. I don't give a shit. Get into a text group, make it happen. This is a great, great setup that I think everybody could appreciate. You know what I mean? I mean, from the, from the start, you know, I was kind of hoping it caught on, you know, I, I, I publicized, I post a little bit about it. I, I, I don't post a, all that much about it. Cause I got, you know, other kids in the photos and stuff like that. And I'm, but it's happening. It's happening every Friday night. You know, uh, it, it was one of the coolest things to me was when um, one of the dads had to miss and he was like, man, my kids are asking, you know, can we get to Friday? And he's like, man, we got to go on vacation or whatever it is. But, you know, he told me that they're asking about it. And it, I heard this from several families. I was like, man, that is fantastic. Everybody's looking forward to Friday night, man. It's awesome. Dude, that's awesome. And, you know, again, I go back to the fact that, I mean, this is stuff you're doing for free. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like 
you're not one of those that you're, you're utilizing it to, to, to move your platform higher forward. You know, it's, it's just literally something that you're going, look, I want this in my life. I'm going to set the standard and then I'm going to seek the people that want to be a part of it as well. Yeah. Continue to push that and broaden and move those goal posts back so that, man, everybody's just, you know, winning in ways that again, it's just so simple, dude. Like I'm sitting there, like it blew my mind today going, fuck dude, why didn't I think of that? You know, like that's, it's, it's that brilliant. And I, again, I think we're so good at, at overcomplicating things. Yeah. Like we're so good at getting in our own fucking way. It's ridiculous. You know, that said, the last little bit I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, because I think obviously anybody listening to this, man, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, they're gonna go, man, that's a guy, solid, solid, solid dude. You know, he, he's obviously taking care of his family, his kids, his wife works out. That's great. But also a man of faith. You know, in your email, you talked about, you know, you, you went to church and the way you put it, I found it was was fairly interesting because you said they've got to have a value set that I can get on board with. Right. There's got to be those kinds of people that are going to want to care about their family. They're going to want to live for their family. And I found that interesting. I'm going to tell you why, because I think modern day churches are making men and sorry to the guys that are on my podcast that, that uh, are pastors, but I think the modern day church is making a man, making men bitches. Yeah, no. So this, this whole concept that I'm doing, this should be done by the church. That's my opinion. Churches that like the first the first piece of equipment a church should have is a playground, in my opinion. Get people to walk on your grounds, get familiar with your building, whatever it is, you know. Um, the second thing they should have is a community building, right? Because like even even my church, we talk about community, but like we get together every Sunday and we we give our you know small talk and whatever, and then we all go out and we don't see each other again till next Sunday. And I'm like, where is the community? And so again. It's our job as men to, when we see a problem, we fix it. I don't see the community, so I'm going to build one, right? right? You know, come over to my house, use all my stuff, whatever, you know? Um, and so I do see a softness. You know, I look around the church and see if anybody's jacked. No, not really, you know, 1%. Sure. But um, yeah, it's, um, I do see a problem with the church. But I started there anyway, because you know, the things I value, faith, finances, fitness, family, friendships, you know, all the ads, right. But like, easier than going like out into the world and trying to find this. If I go to a church, I can at least appreciate that that people are into probably faith and family, right? You'll get a few of them with the finances, you'll get a few of them with the, uh, you know, fitness. It's actually I wrote a blog post about on my blog called the new 1%. And I said, the new 1% are people that have their faith, fitness, and finances dialed in because you don't find very many people with those three dialed in, you know, you find a, you know, you find the fat guy that earns a bunch of money and he's, you know, he's, he's got his faith dialed in, but he's missing the fitness part. You know, you got the, the gym rat who's, you know, uh, maybe making big dollars, but they're missing the faith aspect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of flipped the script and, you know, 1%, yada, yada, new 1%. But anyway, um, where I was going with that is. I thought that church would be a way to at least knock out two of those values. Right. And so that gives me a little bit of head start that people would be into family and into faith. And so I was like, yeah, Hey, and, and so, um, I've had to kind of, I'm an introvert through and through and through like, like poster child for introversion, like it's bad. Um, and I've had to break out of that 
because now I'm at church and I know the mission. I know what I got to do to build this community. And uh, I'm just like, man, I got to go talk to that stranger. <laughs> like, I just got, I got to go do this. Right. And right. so I'll just, you know, get out that comfort zone and go introduce myself and start talking about the kids. And I'm like, Hey, how many, you know, play dates do your kids have? Do you have friends over and all that stuff? No, I mean, they probably could use more. Great, dude. Let me tell you, you know, and then we just start, start communicating and get the families together and all that. But um, yeah, it's, um, you know, for the sake of my kids, I had to break out of that introversion and, and go and meet people. And uh, man, what a liberating thing. But um, back another to your challenge. point. Another challenge to overcome right there. I mean, being able to, to take yourself out of yet again, another comfort zone. Yeah. Yourself in that discomfort zone. Again, comfort kills, right? So, man, always. Bro, being able to do that's a big deal. And your kids see that. Right. 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 Dude, I tell them when I go, when we go play at the playground, right. Um, you know, and, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll ask somebody their name or ask a dad, their name. And I make it a point. Look, I look, dad just made a friend, right. Every time I make a friend, I make it. And after this podcast, I'm going to tell, you know, I'm going to tell my kids that I made a friend, you know, it's, it's cool. It's wild because like, I feel like my network is too small. And I asked my, I, I told my, uh, my boy one day, I said something about making friends and needing more friends and wanting to grow our network. No, I did. I met a guy at church, we went to his house, had some dinner and stuff. It went great. It went awesome. And, and then we got home. And I was like, dude, we added another friend to the list. And my boy's like, dad, you know, so many men, you know, like 22 men. <laughs> and I was like, well, now I know 23. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's just, it's, the, and it's like, I'm aware of the introversion that I grew up with as a kid and I don't want my kids to have that. So I'm very intentional about not letting them fall in the same trap that I did. I know how many opportunities I've missed because I didn't network hard enough. Right. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to give them every advantage in life. And um, that's one of sort of my guiding principles as a father is I always, like if I'm talking to other dads. I say, you got to play the long game, right? Like, if you know what you're like, never mind the day to day, if you know what the goal is, how you want these kids to turn out, like, let's, let's not mince words, society is not going on a great trajectory, right? right. But if you know the changes that you want to implement, and you know, where your kids where you want your kids to be, when they're adults, the rest is, is like, it sounds exhausting to constantly be thinking of this. But if you know, the end game, Every day is just an opportunity that we have to put in the reps to make it happen. It's the same as fitness. You know where you want to go. And every time you set foot in that gym, you know, it almost becomes mindless. You almost, you almost just habitually, you just do the reps, you do the thing because you know, it'll take you there. Well, if you live every day, knowing that your son, your daughters, they're going to be products of you. And if you just keep that in the back of your mind, you know, everything you say and do is going to set a precedent and, and going to determine how they grow up. I mean, that's in my mind all the time, but it's not like, like it's in my mind so much that it's not like forefront anymore. It's just, it's just back here. It's just become by default. You know, what am I saying now that's going to change the course? And, and it's like little stuff. Like I refuse to lie to my kids. You know, I refuse to do things that the kids see through everything. So anytime, like in my mind, I'm about to say something that I'm like, I know they'll see through. I'm like, Nope, not going there. Cause they'll see through it. I don't want them to think dad's a liar, you know? So, um, you know, I just play the long game with my kids and be intentional about that every day. And I try to give them every single advantage that I possibly can. Dude, I love that. <clears throat> I really do. I mean, I, 
I think about that with, with my sons, you know, and I've had that conversation with my oldest is like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking at right now. I'm looking at three years from now when you're going to want to go, when you're going to want to leave, you know, I'm not going to tell you you have to, but you're going to want to. And so where are we going to be then? What are we doing right now? That's going to impact then. And that's how I see it. And I'm always thinking about that moment. He's, he's either walking across the stage or he's, he's loading up into the camper that he wants to get to travel the country. You know, like when that day comes, have I, have I fulfilled my mission? Have I fulfilled my job and responsibility to him to where he's not going to have the same struggles that I had? He's not going to deal with the same things. And, and I know right out of the gate that he's not going to, because I know how my dad was. And I know from what I've learned from him, you know, what I put into my kids it is going to be, it is different for them. Good and bad, good and bad. I'm not dogging my old man, you know, like, again, you know, I just, it's just, I took from, and I felt a responsibility to say the things that I didn't like as a kid, Dude, look at that and you go, nailed it. you nailed I'm it. I'm not going to do it to my kids. You nailed it. You just nailed not. it. I mean, everything, like, like I said, I remember playing hard. I remember, you know, my uncle playing with me, my dad played with me from time to time. And I was like, I'm going to do that thing. When I'm a dad, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it a whole hell of a lot more, right? And then anything that I didn't like, we're going to discard that and we're going to do the opposite of that. I mean, it's just logical. So simple. Yeah. No, and I, and I, like, I want to make it clear, like, I am absolutely not dogging my father. I mean, he, he worked his ass off. He was funny as shit. I mean, there are times when I look back and I still laugh about some of the things that he did just to make us laugh. And he had to have been exhausted. Right. You know, as right. a man, now I can look back and appreciate like what he was doing. You know, he had to have been fucking tired. And I knew he was, but he, he, he continued to volunteer. He didn't, I don't know when he slept. Sometimes he was going back to school, got his master's degree, you know, got his bachelor's and got his master's degree, all while raising a family, two boys, same age difference as mine. Um, and, and still found those times to give back, give back to us. You know, those are things that I took from him that I've, you know, I'm going to apply to my kids, you know, and just tweak it in the ways that I need to, you know? And so I think, again, that's always one of those things that a lot of what's being said, I, and of course on the, my podcast, you know, being intentional, right. That word fucking, I, I hear it in my sleep now, dude. It's like, Oh, if I hear that word one more time, but you know, <clears throat> but there's truth to it, right. You have to look at what are you doing right now that makes tomorrow better, not only for myself, but for my spouse, for my kids. And that's our job. That's our role as men. That is what we should be doing for ourselves first. And then everything else trickles down from there. Right. And I think when you take that responsibility in your mind and you put it in your heart to see it that way, bro, you become invincible. Yeah. You become so fucking powerful. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I want to kind of leave it on this as far as to this point, but we started talking about our kids. I think it was Matthew McConaughey that said, uh, you know, when I had kids, I realized I've got two living legacies now. If I've got two living legacies, what that means is I'm now immortal. And if I'm immortal, what the fuck do I have to be afraid of? Jesus. Yeah, it's powerful. And I was like, this is the all right, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Shit like that, I'm like, fuck. It blew my, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I, have, I have repeated that line, not only to myself, but on numerous podcasts, my own, others. Cause it's so profound to me, dude. It, it just hit right here. Like nobody's fucking business. And I go, what are you afraid of? You know, Boyd Myers, you know, on, on uh, Twitter, if you don't follow him, you should don't be a pussy. Yeah. Think about that. 
I love that. It's simple, right? Simple. And I think, and I think about it quite a bit, you know, when it comes to these things and what I'm showing my kids, but that said, dude, it has been absolutely fucking fantastic having you on. Thank you. Uh, I believe you said this was your first one. Yeah, man. I've never done a podcast. Like I said, like, I don't, I just kind of in the the quiet, man. I uh, like, so here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. My life, I don't post a lot on Twitter. I'm out doing the family thing. Right. Like I, I'm just, I'm out doing the thing. I I don't have like, I'd love to grow my account, but I can't, I don't know. I got to schedule tweets or something. I can't, I just don't post a lot, but like, I know, I know Zach Small says it a lot. Like, dude, and I'm the same way. My life off Twitter is so much fucking better than on Twitter, dude. Like oh, yeah. I post a fraction of the cool stuff that I'm doing. Like I can't, I can't care about social media as much as I should when I got like the family out there. Like, dude, it's, it's. Uh, no, so and, it, and it, it absolutely should be that way. I mean, I don't get really fucking any traction on Twitter and I couldn't care less. No, I, I, I fucking couldn't care less. No. I mean, do I, do I reach out to there to find, you know, guys like you and I find value in it? Absolutely. Yeah. Same, but, same. Change the game. But, you know, I bring that up cause man, you know, you fucking killed it like a pro today. I mean, it was, uh, I, I love this conversation, man. Like I'm going to sleep well tonight. Thank you, man. Thinking about this shit and, and definitely want to have you back on. I mean, this is, this is more than a one parter. This is going to be two, three, four. You know what I mean? As long as you'll come back on. Yeah, uh, Get out that comfort I, zone. Bro, absolutely. That said, you know, look, I, uh, I think I say this at the, at the end of almost every podcast, but you know, for those of you listening, I, I don't want to do the cliche thing of saying like, you know, listen and then, you know, subscribe, like share it. Right. Because it's more than that. Just for me, it's, it's, if you're sitting there and you've listened to what, what Don and I have spoke about and it hits somewhere, or you feel like you're missing something, reach out, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Don. There's other sources out there that you can reach out to, whatever that is. If you're trying to figure out how to be a more fit guy, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Don. He obviously works out. Fucking reach out. He's going to help you do hard shit. Right? If, you're, if you're trying to figure out your finances, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your kids, reach out. That's what this is for. That's why we're here. Now, ideally, if you do that and you like and you share, we get to continue to have these conversations and we get to continue to reach other people. And that's where it becomes your responsibility to say, hey, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's my friend down the street. Maybe it's my neighbor. Maybe it's my brother. Maybe it's a cousin. And you say, check this out because there might be something I feel like that is there for you. So don't don't listen to this and not take any kind of action. That's my call to action to you. I believe that's Don's call to action to you. That said, you like and you share and you subscribe. Appreciate it. Don, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. You guys that listen, thank you so very much. I appreciate you. This is Navigating the Intentional Life. Everything that we spoke about today will be included in the the information, everything that you need to find Don, everything that you need to find uh, me through. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon.